Father, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that you're always a God who is present and at hand. And God, that you do things that are so not natural to stir up our faith, to stir up our hope, to create um, a, a sense of possibility in us of a release of your kingdom in our lives. And God, that's what I want to happen today. As we talk through how do you walk out journeys where you get you know, prophetic insights and prayers for healing and, and seasons that we're seeking God and there's you know, at times waiting involved. God, I pray as we talk today just to, to look through and recap some of what, we, what went on last weekend in our church, I just pray that you would give me a grace to communicate my heart really more as a pastor than a teacher and just help all of us to kind of grab a hold of what you're doing in each one of our lives in this season um, and make it real to us. So God, we just ask that you would be with us, give us ears and discernment, uh, a spirit that would rest on us that would make um, the journey clear for us. God, you say you order our steps, and we trust you for that. So we pray that this is part of ordering the steps. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last weekend, we had Dennis come. How many of you guys were able to come? To come? So the majority of you, almost all of you, have your hands raised. And, and I don't know, for some of you, if you've never been around anything, like where somebody is gifted in the way that Dennis is gifted. Dennis is a teacher, so he came and brought the word. But he also ministers prophetically, and he ministers in healing some, and you know, what's sad to me, and I grew up in a church movement initially that didn't believe that the spiritual gifts are even manifest in today's day. And they say it stopped at the church age and the beginning of the church. And, and if I'm honest, I think that's a, a, a spirit of demons, a doctrine of demons. I really believe that. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody who doesn't feel comfortable with that, that please understand what I'm saying. But I think when you minimize that God is a supernatural God, we miss the opportunity for his release and his touch in our lives. That makes sense? So when we bring like a dentist to come and minister to us, and incidentally, that was the first time we'd ever done a weekend. Man, it was wow. And, and I, can I say selfishly? I got a negative report on Thursday, and I got to worship all weekend. Amen. I'm just telling you straight up selfishly, I needed it so bad, it was just remarkable. Somebody asked me on Sunday, how you doing? I said, I'm tired, but I'm full. Like, I feel very centered in what God is up to in my life and, and what he's doing in you guys. It was really just amazing. And, and, you know, this isn't even my notes yet. I'm just talking right now, and I may not get there just so you know. This is a Sunday that I wanted to be your pastor. Okay, I didn't want to come up and do the necessarily this. It's why you don't have notes. I told Henry, I said, I'm not going to do notes. I have notes, but I didn't go through all the mechanisms that we normally go through because I just wanted to encourage you. So, so I've been around a lot of prophetic type ministry. So when I first became a Christian, I was very guarded. I, 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 some of you know I attended a Calvary Chapel, and Calvary Chapels believe identically to us, but they don't necessarily operate identically to us. So they, I don't know that they would give space for like a dentist sort of a person. Um, some may, some may not, but I never experienced that in the years that I was there. So the first time I had ever experienced I I go down to a church down in, like, Menifee. You guys know where Menifee is? Menifee's a city today. In 1990, it wasn't. It was like a dust bowl in the middle of the desert. And we walk into this really, like, decrepit old building, and there's this guy ministering. Um, some of you have heard the name Tony Allward before. He's very elderly now. I believe he's still alive, though. But it, it just a remarkable gift. Some, some are going like this. No, haven't heard it. I don't know. Anyways, um, Randy Allward was my pastor. Tony was Randy's dad. And I'd never met him. So we go down to his church, 
And I'm, I'm being me because I'd never been around anything like that. So to me, it was a little bit weird. Anybody feel weird when you get around like supernatural ministry? Come on, you guys can be honest. Or are you cold? Like, this is awesome. Uh, for me, it was weird. I, I didn't like, I didn't know what to think or what it was. You know, everything that I read in the Bible, kind of that thus saith the Lord thing, that's kind of what I was expecting. So I sat in the back row in the dark and I hid and I watched. Anybody ever sat in the back row, hid and watched? I, that's what I did. So I'm sitting in the back row, but I got to say something to you. If God wants to talk to you, there's nowhere you can run. You know, I'm just saying like, think Jonah. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to get on a boat and God's going to swallow me with the whale and spit me up on the shore anyways. So if God wants to speak to you, he's going to what? He's going to speak to you. So I'm hiding in the dark and the guy's like, he's doing this number. He's up front and he does this number. Yeah, I'm like, uh-oh, and I'm doing like, <laughs> you know, you're trying to get your, trying to get, and he says, you, son, in the back row, hand of God's on you, son, get up here. He's a military guy, and he calls me up, and, he's, and he just speaks a word over me. That word launched me into ministry. He said in that word, I'll make you a scribe and a teacher among men. It was when I knew that I had a calling to actually teach. You know, and, and I feel really graced to do what I do. I, I love, like, I just started school again, so I'm like, I got, I got so much work, homework to do tonight. It's, but finishing my, my graduate work and, and um, you know, just, but I, I, I remember walking out of that meeting and, and immediately I looked at my pastor and I go, I go, Randy, I want to talk to him. He goes, he goes, like, why? You know, because this is common for him. He grew up in this. I'd never seen it before. Why? So I, I walk in the room, and I'm politely, hi, I'm James. Very nice to meet you. Who told you about me? Because he, I, when, I, when I'm saying he read my mail, he read my mail. Incidentally, Dennis, I've been with Dennis in ministry a, a number of times, maybe 10 times now. That was the most precise I've ever seen him. And I've seen him minister, like I watched, I know you guys, you know, you tell me your journeys, and I'm watching him minister to people, I'm like, bro, I'm like, wow, really powerful. So I look at him and I go, who told you? And he, and he goes, no one. I go, how did you know? And he just looked up and he, like, almost like, duh, he looks up and he goes, spirit of God, son, he wanted you to know. So listen, when we do stuff like this, I wanted to take a Sunday and talk about it because a lot of times when we're in environments like that, after the hype is over, you're like, well, now what do I do? You know, he told me something about nations. What does that mean? He said he was going to open doors of favor for me. What, what does that mean? And so I thought, you know what, let's take a Sunday and talk through it. How do you walk through times? And maybe for some of you, you're like, I didn't get a word. Why not? There's lots of questions we come up with when we face stuff like this. And so I just wanted to walk you through kind of a little bit of my perspective. So how do you process the words? How did he know the things that he knew? Spirit of God. How did, how did you, you know, how do you get the healing that he spoke over you? Or how do you keep the healing that he prayed into you? Because a number of people got healed. Actually, remember when he prayed for the shoulder? I have a torn rotator cuff. I can't do that. I played tennis for 35 or 40 years. I can't do that. And when I would do that, it'd be like, click, clack, click, 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 you know. I can't do that. I told him, I, I, go, I go, Dennis, like we were texting afterwards, and I said, I said, bro, I'm, I'm pretty sure my, my shoulder got healed. I said, because I can do a windmill, and I couldn't do a windmill before. So, so some of you got touched. 
and, and you want to know, how do I stay there? So some of you might have questions, like, I don't get any of this. This is, and, and I just want to talk to you a little bit. So listen, incidentally, at the end of this, I'm going to give you a chance to ask questions. Now, I don't ever do this on a Sunday, by the way. I don't ever, because sometimes you get questions, you're like, wow, that's a good question. I can't answer it. Um, but I just, if you have questions as I'm talking, I just want you to scratch them down real quick. Because at the end, we're going to pass the mic around. I'm going to let you ask questions. Because maybe some of you are like, I didn't understand that exactly. Or, or what did he mean when he said? Or, or I wasn't even there, but I still have a question about what you talked about. So if you have a question, scratch it down so you don't forget. Now, if we get to the end and no one asks questions, I'll cry because it'll hurt my feelings. No, I'm kidding. But, but then it's good. Then you all understand. But I want to I make it available because, listen, you've got to think like this. Your question, like this is how I think. When somebody asks me a question, there's at least five or six other people thinking the same thing. Like, I want, yeah, I, I had that same question. So if you have a question, it's not only for you, but it could be for the benefit of others. So I want to encourage you. Scratch them down, and we'll, we'll talk about them. So I, I want to just walk through first this backdrop. God is good. Somebody say that with me. God is good. See, one of the things that we have to understand when we're talking about spiritual life is that God is what? Good. He's good. And God wants to communicate with us. That was Dennis's message all weekend. You see, see, for me, it was this. I, and I prayed this over you one of the nights. I said, I, I pray that they would find the secret place of the Most High. You know that God has a place for you before his throne. I call it the welcome mat. That's what I call it. It's like, and it's got your name on it. It's not like the general welcome mat at front, somebody's front door. It's your name. It says, hey, Lisa, come talk. And you come and you bow before the king of kings. You say, Jesus, I'm, I'm a little curious about X, Y, or Z. Because it's the, the scriptures say this, that you can go boldly before the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in your time of need. Which to me, I just translate that in welcome mats. That means I can go before the throne of God at any point in time, at any place that I am, and he'll stop and listen. Now, do any of you guys ever do that? Like, you ever get in like, uh, listen, I, I've had to do this a lot, particularly in the last few weeks, because there's been a lot of stuff, news hitting me, and you're kind of like, what do I do with this? And you start to freak out. How many of you guys freak out? Man, if there were degrees in freaking out, I would be like the ultimate teacher. You know what I'm saying? I would. And I find myself going, okay, the peace that passes understanding, right? When I keep my mind stayed on thee, that, that's, so, so I, I want all of you to get this. God is good and he wants to communicate with you. He's not trying to withhold from you. He does want this though. He wants relationship that's deep enough that you'll stay put. You'll stay close to his heart. I don't think he just generally wants to tell us whatever so that we can go run off. I think he wants the communion, the depth of intimacy. Not I think, I know what I just said to be true. So I don't, and watch, watch. Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna follow these. <laughs> There's just no way. In the Psalms, it says that the, lo the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and to those who are contrite in spirit. How many of you guys ever ever been beat up by life? Maybe you're being beat up right now. You know, what's crazy is I, I can honestly tell you, I've been walking with Jesus 36 years. A week ago was 36 years. This is as close as I've ever known the presence of God in the most disruptive period of my entire life. It's as close as I've ever known him. So listen, no matter what you're going through, God is what? He's close. He's good. He's present. He's, even if you're like, oh, he's close. I just want to make sure you understand that because life is tough, and sometimes we can forget that he's good. In James verse, chapter 1, verse um, 17 and 18, 
It says this, that every good thing, say every good thing, given in every perfect gift, say perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of life, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadows. What does that mean? God never changes. He says, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. And it's interesting. You know, the first time the word good shows up in the Bible is in Genesis when God is creating everything. He creates, it's good, he creates this, and he creates man, and he says, it's very good, because you're the crown. So listen, listen, God wants you to discover who he is and what's going on. He wants to talk to you, and it's on, on us oftentimes to just say, God, help me to say put, so every good and perfect gift comes down from God. See, why does God do this? Because he's good. See, this is all about the goodness of God. God loves you. And, and this is how you should think about, like, encouragements. Now, I, I want to say this real quick. Prophetic ministry is cool. Some of you guys weren't here, so you didn't get a chance to have an encouraging word. But you get it right now because what I'm doing right now in teaching the Bible is technically prophetic. I'm saying what God has already said. See, this is about God giving you glimpses of what he's doing in your life. You know that those glimpses build hope? You know that when you get a glimpse of hope, you realize how loved you are. That's what Romans 5 says, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So I'm trying to encourage you, like, God is not silent, and he wants to talk to you, and he's trying to give you glimpses of the journey that you're on. That's what prophetic words do. Listen, God will give you enough to encourage you. Say, God wants to encourage me. Come on, Sadie. God wants to encourage me. But listen, he won't give you so much that you become independent. That's where we get in trouble. You know how many people have come to me and said, oh, God told me I'm supposed to go to the nations. So I sold everything and I'm going. I'm like, ooh, pump the brakes, bro. <laughs> like, you need a plan. You need a, God said go. You know, I'm not despising that somebody wants to respond that quickly. But there's a partnership to it. There's a reason why the church is surrounding you and me and us. Because it takes a community to lead somebody and stand with somebody in the journey that God has called them to. Listen, without all of you sitting in the room, I'm not a pastor. I'm a guy talking to the walls. I'm not a pastor teaching you the word of God. I'm not anything. I'm just a guy blubbering stuff. So I want to encourage you that, that God will give you those glimpses to encourage, but he'll also encourage you and not overwhelm you. Listen, sometimes when God gives you these messages, and tell me if this isn't, I know all of you can go, I wish you'd tell me more. He'll tell you a piece, but not the next step. And you're like, Come on, man, like, just give me the whole picture. Listen, can I tell you, if God told you everything that was sitting in front of you, it would overwhelm you. You'd start with, how am I going to get that done? What, what do I do with work? And I don't have enough money. And I don't even like bugs. You want me to go to the nations? God, this is nuts. I, I know you, That's what you'd be doing. You'd be freaking out. So he gives you enough to say, I'm in the mix. Not so much that you're overwhelmed. And then just at the right time, you ever know that God is just, a, like, his timing is perfect? Why somebody say God's timing's perfect? It's really perfect. It's so perfect. It's so perfect you can get a negative report and then worship all weekend. It's really perfect. Yeah. It's really perfect. And you'll be like, man, he must have just been in my head. And then somebody will show up and go, Phew, and he'll give you the next step. It's remarkable to me. Now, I do think that there's times you can dial into God and you can make that process move a little bit more systematically. But I can tell you this, you can't hurry God up. He's, He's got timing that's not our timing. And part of the journey is to draw you close to his heart. 
so that you're walking in stride with them, not ahead or behind. Does this make sense? So he'll give you those glimpses. He'll give you enough so that you trust him, but not rely on yourself. So, so that's the first thing. God is good. So how do you process life journey, what you're in right now? Whether you were here last weekend or you're just like being encouraged this morning, God is good. God is also a spirit. You know, the Bible teaches that God is a spirit. Now, when we look at this, a lot of times we get confused by spiritual life. Do you know why we get confused by spiritual life? Well, well, because it's not natural. That's a really good answer, actually. That's a great answer, because I can't touch it. That's why. You know, but if you're going to worship God and you're going to walk with him with any depth, you're going to have to be more comfortable with spiritual life. What I've experienced, because we're Westerners. Say, I'm a Westerner. You know what that means? You're cerebral. You've been taught to, to think. You've been taught to ponder. This is kind of Greek, Roman, ancient Near East kind of, of like transitional thinking. We're, we're philosophers. We want to figure God out. We make spirituality the second thing, not the first. We just want to conquer everything. We want to be, watch, in control. Now, you know, Hebraic thought is not like that. And, and you know, Jesus was a Jew. You guys all know that, right? So when Jesus is talking, he's never saying, I want you to rationalize and figure me out. This is what Jesus is saying. I want you to give me your heart. I want you, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. He becomes. See, spiritual life is really about your heart, not about your head. And the reason we struggle with this so much is because we're Westerners. We live out of we're going to solve, we're going to figure out, we're going to rationalize, we're going to conquer. And God's like, I don't want any of that. I want you to trust me as the source of life, the breath of life, the vitality of life, the giver of life, the center of your thought being the center of who you are, your heart. That's what God is after. So God is spirit. And if we're going to worship him, we're going to worship him in spirit and truth. You know, Jesus had a fascinating interaction with the woman at a well. You guys know the story. Actually, the, the chosen captures this as well as anything I've ever seen. I mean, you can go and Google on YouTube or whatever, the chosen woman at the well, you'll find it. It's amazingly well done. But this gal's there at noon. And by the way, if you're a gal at the well at noon, that means you're probably a prostitute. It's not when you, like the women who had husbands would go in the morning. It was like almost a communion, like a fellowship thing. They'd get the day's water or whatever, and then they'd go back home and take care of their families. Because of who she was, she's out and about. And she has this interaction with Jesus. You know, Jesus says, get me, a wa get me some water. She's like, well, deep. You got nothing to draw with. I mean, they're just going, this is John chapter 4. They're just going back and forth. And, and you know, well, and then she goes, well, why do you have any interaction with me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Because they didn't even worship in the same places. Samaritans were half-breeds. They were rejected. People from below the tracks, if you will. And Jesus says, man, you know, if you knew the gift of God that was standing in front of you, you'd ask him to give you a drink and you'd get living water. And she's just confused by the whole interaction. And she's like, yeah, but again, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, yours on that. And then Jesus says this to her, this is John chapter 4, verse 23. He says, but an hour is coming and now is. When true worshipers, are, I've got to ask you a question. Are you a true worshiper? Okay. Keep that in your pocket because it's going to challenge it right now. We'll worship the Father in spirit, then in truth. I want you to notice the order of that. It was spirit first, then truth. It was heart, then head. Do you catch that? 
That's very important because this is a struggle for many of us. For such people, the Father seeks to be, tr to be his worshipers. God is what? Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, so I, I've got a question for you. Why do we struggle so much with things that are spiritual? Why are we uncomfortable with it is maybe the question I'm asking. Because we don't understand it. That's, and, and it's not, um, like I, in one of my classes, we have to write discussion boards. I don't know if you guys have ever taken an online class. Like you make a comment, somebody makes a comment, and you're kind of like, and, and I, I just, one of the guys said, you know, like he came out of Catholicism, I came out of Catholicism, and he said, like, how do you do that? And I, and I, I just said, well, for me, discovering that God is, like, wanting to be in the mix, and he goes, I'm kind of like, everything I do is very structured. Like, he, he's kind of still in a kind of old school, kind of liturgical kind of mindset. And this is what I wrote back to him. I said, hey, I go, I go, at our church, we try to practice something that I call naturally supernatural. For it to be God doesn't mean it has to be weird. However, at, some, at times, God is what? He'll do stuff that's weird. He'll bring a message in a weird way through a weird person. Some of you are like, I don't want that person to talk to me, but it's encouraging. You know, there are all sorts of ways that God will communicate. But I don't think that weird equates or equals spiritual. I think that God equals spiritual. And I think as much as we can make spiritual life a natural part of who we are, the easier it is for us to walk through that sort of stuff and not be so like, that's weird. So Paul had this very interaction with the church in Corinth. Like he's trying to help them grow. By the way, if you've ever studied the book of Corinth, Corinth is a fascinating church. It's very America-like. You're like, what do you mean? There was all sorts of debauchery, people drinking, people hooking up. That means sex for you older folks. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And, and Paul is like, man, like you, you, you have your, your father's like, he, one guy was with his stepmom. And Paul goes, and you guys are proud? I mean, like Paul's like, this church is all upside down. And then they start moving in spiritual gifts. I mean, they were complaining about, like, the widows not getting fed at the food line. There's all kinds of bad stuff. And then there's all kinds of good stuff happening. So Paul says, listen, listen, let me help you understand spiritual life. So that's what I want to do with you. I want to walk you through just some thoughts on spiritual life this morning. So the first thing was this. God is what? He's good. Second thing was this. What? God is spirit. And we need to think spiritually, put on spiritual lens. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now, if you're flipping your Bible, you can do that. Um, if you don't want to, it'll be on the screen, I, I believe. Um, so Paul is talking to the church, and he says, now concerning um, spiritual gifts. And, and just keep that on the board. That word gift there in most of your Bibles, if you're looking at it, is italicized. The reason it's italicized is because they put it in there so that it reads smoothly. The word is actually not there. So literally what Paul says and is now concerning pneumatikos, which is things controlled by the Spirit. That's literally what Paul is saying. So he's not speaking particularly to gifts. It's included, though. That's why they put the word in. So he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. Let's keep going. I'll read from the screen. And he says, you know that when you were pagans, how many of you guys were pagans? Like, I never called myself a pagan, but at one point, y'all were pagans. He says, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. In other words, the culture told you this was normal. Normal life is lived together before you're married because that's no big deal. Everybody's doing it. You should figure out if you're compatible. Incidentally, living together is one of the number one indicators of divorce. 
So you're doing something to figure out if you're compatible when it's actually undermining the commitment that it takes to stay in a relationship. You can go read the studies, they're all over the internet. So, so we do things that the culture says is okay, but God doesn't say it's okay. So he said, listen, when you were pagans, when you were part of the culture, you got drawn in the way the culture thinks. So let's get verse 3 up there now. He says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can say this, Jesus is a curse, anathema. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, curios, except by the Holy Spirit. So again, I want to reiterate, you can only worship Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual life, and you're going to see this in a second, should be a normal part of our life. Let's keep going. Let's get verse. This is fun. I never read from the screen. I like this. Now, 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 now there's variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Next verse. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. Next verse. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things. And how many people? Oh, wait a minute. That means you all got something. You all got the juice. What the heck? How come you guys ain't sharing the juice? By the way, if you don't know what the juice is, that means the anointing from God to minister to others. Like, like we had a family prayer time that was really amazing because we fasted together that week. And at the end of that week, we just gathered. I said, hey, I want to do a family prayer time. Lots going on in all of our lives. And it was just like, and my son, man, he was lit up. It was so cool. It was like, he's praying. He's praying for me. And I'm like trembling. I'm like, Whoa, that, that nice. I like that. <laughs> like he just in just the way he was, and I was like, wow. But you know, we set ourselves aside. He had the juice. L listen, can I encourage y'all? Y'all got the juice. You got the juice. Like some of you are like, well, forget that. I ain't talking to nobody. I'm like, is he talking apple juice? What's he talking juice? I wasn't paying attention. Do we get juice? No. You have an anointing from God to minister to the person sitting next to you. Watch, watch, watch and a responsibility to. You know, the only, listen, can I help you with something? All ministry happens between people. All of it. That's actually, it, it's, it, uh, what's the word, diaconios or something like that. It, it's to come alongside and serve somebody else. It all happens between people. Every bit of it. It's very, very rare, even in the Bible, very, very rare that God will talk directly to a person. It's very rare. Usually God will talk to a person to talk to a person. That is spiritual life. And we should be thinking that way as we walk about. So listen, last weekend was to build you up. This weekend is just to launch you. Like, don't let last weekend be, oh, I hope it'll be great the next time they bring another person to minister to us. You're the ministers. You are the ministers, not me, not Henry, not Pastor Russ, or anybody else standing in this pulpit. You are the ministers. Now, in this, I, I want to point out just a couple of cool things, I think. First off, the Trinity is mentioned in that. He, he, he says, listen, when you're looking at this, there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, variety of ministries, but the same Lord, and variety of effects, but the same God. That's Father, Son, and Spirit right there. So the, the spiritual gifts are moves of the Godhead in our lives. God wants us to move on his behalf is what I'm saying to you. The variety is this though. Everybody is different. There's a different distribution and a different distinction. Now, can I encourage you with something? Some of you are like, I don't ever want the mic. Don't ever make me do that. I'll vacuum a floor. We love you. We love you. Some of you are like, I want the mic. Please let me preach. And I'm like, I only like you. No, I'm kidding. You're after my job. <laughs> I, 
No, I, my goal is to always get people to like give them a shot. The only way you get good at preaching is by preaching. It's the only way. You, all, you learn. You learn how to read people. You learn how to make funny. You learn how to be serious. You only get good at it by doing it. So when I see people with different gifts, I'm like, God gave everybody something different. Now, Paul is going to go on later in this chapter, and I'm not going to have time to read that part, and he's going to talk about how a body works, that an eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, and so forth. So listen, some of you are like, I just vacuum the floors. No, you don't just vacuum the floors. Listen to me. You prepare the house of God for the people of God. You're not just vacuuming a floor. You're vacuuming Jesus' floor. Listen, and you're a servant with the highest regard from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Don't ever think what God asks you to do is small, behind the scenes, or inconsequential. Whether you're on a keyboard singing out and leading us into the presence of God, or you're preparing the house for people to come, you're typing up notes, doesn't matter what you do. Whatever you do is what God has distributed to you, and you should be grateful that you contribute to the health of the body. That is so powerful. Listen, took me a long time to learn that. Took me a long time. Finally, one, one old, old Christian dude, he kind of like, because I, like, I got this prophetic word, and I'm supposed to be a preacher, and I think I'm able to do this because I thought I could conquer the world. Anybody else full of themselves? Okay. So, Jesus ain't done with me yet, okay? I'm just saying. And then he said, you know, you should really just help us set up the chairs. I thought, Chairs? Okay, I'll do chairs. And I started setting up chairs. Hey, maybe you could come and help us with the kids at VBS. And, and by the way, I don't do kids. I'm terrible with kids. I, I just am. I, I don't know how to dumb it down. I'm like, they're like, Christology? What are you talking about? You know, it's just, I have a hard time. To, now, I can have fun with kids. I can wrestle with them. But, but as far as teaching them, I, I struggle there, if I'm honest. Some of you don't, though. And you should talk to Vicki and say, hey, I want to I wanna help with the kids. Because I think I can make kids discover Jesus before life gets a hold of them, because life is going to come after them, the same way it's come after all of us. See, listen, take the distribution of the gift God has given you and run with it. And run with it. Don't ever think small of what God, because I can tell you, I can't do what you're doing. You know, we were talking about children, like I've never been in the children's ministry in our church 17 years, because I'm right here. Even Sundays that I'm off, I'll go sneak in there, and the kids look at me like, who's that? I'm like, I'm your pastor. Hi. You know, I'm like, but I don't ever get to go see. I get to do this, and she gets to do that with her team, and it takes all of us to partner to build people's lives and disciple them. That's a glorious thing. That's what Paul's saying. Like, listen, there's all different ways that God does it. There's, there's gifts. There, there's charismas is literally, literally charisma which is grace movement. There is a move of grace in all of our lives. Say this with me. I have a move of grace in my life, and God wants me to give it to other people. It's not for you. Hello, it's not. He wants you to give it away. So if you got a gift to preach, preach and do it heartily. Serve kids, do it heartily. Vacuum floors, do it heartily. They're all gifts. They're all movements of God's grace in your life. And then he says this, he says, there's a variety of ministries. These are services. Ministry is the way that you engage to serve the rest of the body. See, I want to do this. I want to promote you to serve because everything you do builds somebody else's life. When you serve, you make something better for someone else. And it's so important that we get that. Like, like over the weekend, Santosh had a variety of people leading worship with them. 
you know, there was, Kim was up there and Vic was up there. I'm going to miss names and I don't want to offend anybody. There are lots of people up here. And it was big energy and Henry with his groovy soul voice. I was like, oh, Jesus just showed up. It's wonderful. (laughs) It it was so good. And it was them doing a a charisma movement of grace with their ministry, what God has given them. Watch. So that it would have an effect, which is literally an operation that goes into work to touch you on behalf of God. That's literally what it means. So they sing, and you're like, oh, I feel all warm, fuzzy, and Jesus is wonderful. It's more than that. It's actually God loving you through their gift. It's so good. It's like, I think the way God designed it is crazy. And because I wouldn't have designed it that way, but I'm not as smart as God. We, I think we all know that, amen? But, but I'm just like, you're going to have people serve other people. What if they don't do it right? That's where my mind goes. And God goes, oh, no, I'm just looking for a willing heart. God's like, you kidding me? I'm even tone deaf. If they're willing to worship me, I'll let them. Because everything is worship to God. So when we offer those things, that's it. So, so some of you got words, and you're like, I don't know what to do with the words. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, so you got to hang on. Keep, keep your seat in, in place. The last thing Paul says is, this is in verse 7 now. He says, to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit, a release of the Spirit, for the, the, read that with me, common good. Okay, common good literally means to bring people together to contribute and help one another. He, he's literally saying this, spiritual life should be common for us, and spiritual life is good for us. So I'm trying to encourage you to think spiritually about your life with God. Like spiritual movement should be a normal part of every believer's life. And then Paul goes on in, in verse 8 of this chapter, and I'm going to do this faster. Just run with me as I read, and, I, and I'll talk about it. I'm going to do it from the, the screen again because this is fun. Um, for, for to one is given the word of wisdom. By the way, a word of wisdom is an understanding from God that you couldn't have otherwise. It's not natural wisdom. It's spiritual wisdom, and you get that through the Spirit. To another, a word of knowledge. Dennis operated there a lot over the weekend, where he would say something about your journey, your world, and say, this is what's going on with you. That means God has given him insight to somebody who's a stranger, he doesn't know, and then this is what God is going to do. It's super powerful. That's a word of knowledge. You get spiritual insight to encourage somebody's heart toward God. Let's go to the next verse. He says, to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing. Now, go back to that last one. Gifts of healing, they're gifts, 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 plural, gifts of healing. Why are gifts of healing plural? Oh, I got you guys thinking. I can tell you all, hmm, I think I'm, because there's number, because it's more than just physical. There's a number of ways. The first healing that all of us experience is spiritual. How many of you guys have accepted Christ in your heart? I think everybody in the room is a believer. I, I know most all of you. I think I know all of you, actually. You're, you've accepted Christ in your heart, so you've received spiritual healing. How many of you have ever had physical healing? You've had, yeah. Now, how many of you ever had, watch, emotional healing? Now, now this, is, this one is fun for me because, and I don't know why God gave me this, because there are times where people have come and they're like, you know, my leg is all bum and I need you to pray and I can't walk and could you... God to heal it, and then I, I lay hands on their knee or their shoulder or their back or whatever, and God starts talking to me about their journey, the fear and the insecurity and the worry. I'm like, 
why are you telling me their business? They just want their knee healed. I just want to pray for their knee. Like they can. So I've, I've seen a few people healed physically. I, I mean, if I want to be precise, three, actually four. I've seen four people healed physically that I personally was part of the prayer. I don't know that it was my prayer, but I was part of the prayer. So I was there, watched it firsthand. But man, emotional? Wow. I can't even count them. How many times God has used me to see someone's heart, what they're struggling with, and encourage them in the journey that God knows them, he loves them, and he's for them. Amen. See, that's part of, that's why the gifts of healing, that's why it's plural, because you get healed in different areas of your life. Let's go ahead and, and get the next verse up there, and it says, and to another, the affecting of miracles. A miracle is something that is otherwise unexplainable. You, you would look at it and you go, there's no way that could happen. It must be a miracle. Like somebody doesn't have an eye and an eye grows. Somebody doesn't have ears or they can't hear, they're deaf, and God opens their That's a miracle. It's something that is beyond any explanation other than God performs something that is supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Okay, let's go ahead and get it back up there. And, and to another prophecy, and we watch that. Now, prophecy, you can keep that out. I'll go real fast. Prophecy is putting context to today giving you vision for the future. So some prophecy is right now. Some is what will happen. Many of you got words that you're like, he talked to me about today, and he talked to me about stuff I'd never thought of. Those are the ones I'll tell you what to do with in just a second. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. How many of you can sense the boogeyman? You're like, what are you talking about the boogeyman? I'm talking about, like, we walked into someone's house to pray over it the other day. I walked in, I'm like, Oh, yeah, you got the boogeyman up in here, man. I'm like, what the heck? No, you just sense it. You can feel that there's something contrary, spiritual. Sometimes it's with people. Sometimes, like, I've had people come up to me, and I look in their eyes, and I'm like, I don't think I'm talking to them. This happened in Thailand one time. It was wild. And, and we're talking to this little girl, and, and I'm looking at her eyes, and I'm like, man, them eyes are dodgy, man. What's that about? And, and so we started to pray for her, and and. and, and She's a Thai girl who doesn't speak English, and a voice says this, she's mine, you can't have her. I'm like, baloney? Man, you're scary. Like, that was scary. And then we prayed over her and liberated her from the demon. Turned out that somebody in her family had spoken a curse over her when she was an infant. And, and, and the demon argued with us before it left. It didn't leave easily. So maybe you have discernment of spirits. That's part of what, see, these are, listen, all, watch, watch. All for the common good. You're like, I ain't never seen no demons, Pastor. Yeah, because you're Westerners. I love you all to pieces. We never think anything's a demon. Oh, they're just in a bad mood. Okay. That guy drove by screaming bloody murder at me, flipping me off. I don't even know why he's mad. Okay. All these things are happening in my life. Seems like it's a lot of attacks. I'm getting in your business now. When we don't look at it spiritual, we, spiritually, we don't battle it spiritually. And listen, you are not going to win a spiritual battle in the natural. Come on, even Michael the archangel didn't bring a railing accusation against Satan. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Like showing up to a machine gun fight with a pea shooter, man, you're going to die. You need to fight spiritual stuff in the... Exactly. So let's keep going. Let's finish these few. To another, various kinds of tongues. Um, and keep it up there because I'll be quick. Tongues, and Paul's going to go into this quite a bit, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Tongues is a prayer language that edifies your spirit. 
Some of you, not everybody gets it. Some people believe that everybody gets it. I believe that all the distribution of the gifts are available to everybody, but not everybody will get every single gift. I think if you want it, go after it. If you don't want it, it's okay. Jesus ain't throwing no stones. But I know this for me, I pray in the spirit often. And when I do it, it encouraged my inner man. And I often don't know what I'm praying. You're like, what are you talking about praying the Spirit? It's an angelic language. It was the, the deposit that we saw in Acts chapter 2 when the church was initiated. And then we see it all throughout the New Testament. And I'm not of the opinion, in fact, I think it's, again, a doctrine of demons, to say that any of these gifts don't exist today. Because as soon as you start saying those don't exist, then you're limiting what God, why would God send the Holy Spirit to give us all this stuff for the common good to encourage if he didn't want us to use it to bless each other? Oh, it's just for the church age pastor so that the church could get started. I don't see that evidence anywhere. And watch, I'm going to prove it. Oh, let's finish this. And to another, the interpretation of tongues, which means that incidentally, in our church, in our church, there are occasions where you'll hear a tongue given. It's not often. I, I pray in tongues a lot when I'm here. I don't often do it out loud. Every now and again, the mic will catch me. And when I feel the mic catch me, I'll do this. God, what is the interpretation? Because in chapter 14, he says, he who speaks in a tongue should pray for the interpretation. We always think this. Steve gives the tongue, and Marty's going to interpret it. Now, that is a model, and that does happen sometimes. But if Steve gives the tongue, Steve should say, Jesus, what are you saying to the body? So it encourages everybody. He should be ready to interpret his own tongue. If God doesn't give it to him, no worries. Then we wait for a Marty or somebody else to jump up and say, I think I know what God is saying. You know, for every time that's happened in our church, and there have been a number of times it's happened in our church, you would be shocked. Like, let's say there's 20 times it's happened. 18 of them, somebody comes up to me after service and says, I have the interpretation, but I was afraid to give it. I'm dead serious. I'm like, listen, I want to encourage you. Somebody didn't get blessed because you didn't just share it. Just so, so share it is the point I'm making. Okay, so, so these gifts are designed because we all need each other. Ministry happens between people. Say this with me. People are messy. I'm messy sometimes, pastor. I'm messy. Man, I'm messy. I'm your pastor. I'm messy sometimes. But it, that's why we need each other. Paul closes this chapter by saying this. He does the analogy of the body, how it works together. And then he says this in verse 31. He says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. And then he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Earnestly desire. Be zealous and passionate for spiritual movements, for charismas, movements of grace in your life. See, some of you think like this, and I'm going to tell on you right now. Some of you think like this. I think it's cool, but I don't want God to use me that way. You're robbing somebody of a blessing. And listen, you're the first person getting robbed. I can tell you every time God has ever used me to either preach or encourage or prophesy, pray, it doesn't matter. I always walk away feeling like, whew, that was amazing. I, was, I can't believe God showed me what he showed me, and he loved that person so deeply. You know, the journey that I'm in right now, which... I think I would summarize it in this one word. I have never, like the, the song Jaira, I was listening to it on the way down and I was crying. It was kind of cool, actually. It's a God moment. He says, I've never been more loved than I am right now. That's who, and that's my life right now. Not only by you all, by other people outside of the circle of my church, but by God himself, man. 
I, I have never felt just God's warming presence and his sense of security ever as deeply in my life. So is it easy in the natural? No. Spiritually, straight. Straight as straight can be. I'm like so grateful for God's love. These gifts are how people get affirmed, listen, in God's love. Watch, watch. What time we got? I'm supposed to finish on time. Huh, Vic? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13. I, I'll do this with you all real quick. So Paul, when he's saying, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. So what was happening in Corinth is a lot of them were thinking, like, I'm gifted in a particular way. Therefore, I'm better than everybody else. You ever walked in the room and thought you were better than somebody else? Yeah, I have too. So Paul says, I want to show you the better way to do it. I want you to be zealous for the spiritual movement, but don't forget this. If I speak in the tongue, verse 1, of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a, 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 I become a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith and I can remove mountains, could you imagine? Mountain, be gone. Whew. But I don't have love. I am what? Wowzers. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and I surrender my body to be burned and I don't have love, love, it profits me nothing. So listen, you can give up all your natural everything and there is no benefit spiritually if all of this gifting isn't motivated by Love. Now watch, now he's going he's gonna to get into the nitty-gritty. So you get to put on your own measurement right now. So I'm going to measure myself, Pastor. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to measure myself. I'm going to see how well I'm loving. Okay, you ready? Love is patient. Man, strike one. <laughs> like, man, I'm one, I'm one phrase in and I'm, I'm already failing. Holy cow. Okay, so wait, wait, let's keep going. Love is kind. It, yeah, I'm pretty good at kind, too. Well, people closer to me say I'm not as kind as I need, but I do kind okay. And it's not jealous. Oh, how come they promoted him and not me? Do they see how much stuff I'm doing? Okay, love does not brag. Oh, forget it. I, man, I, once, I once caught a fish this big. Hello? I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm terrible at this. It's not arrogant. I think those are kind of the same. I'm just, you know. So, so it, it does not act unbecomingly. This is just rude, crass. It does not seek its own. Now, this one is dangerous right here. Selfishness will kill your spiritual life. Man, think of others more highly than yourself. It's not easily provoked. I'm like, man, I'm stinking up the joint. I thought I was better at this. It, it does not take into account a wrong that's suffered. Now, I actually do this one okay. I'll release people. I do that one okay. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. I do this one well. I get angry when people are taken advantage of. Kids, sex trafficking, people hungry around. That. See, this one, this rises up in me. But it rejoices with the truth. I love it when people get it. I mean, I love it. When pe I love it. I love aha moments. Like one of the words that Dennis spoke over me, he said, all of what you're going through in this season, although it's very difficult, is going to release the heart of a father in you. When he said it, I, it, but as soon as he said it, it bore so much witness in me that I'm like, okay. And, I started, and God just started showing me, you were, you were like abrupt here, you were short here, the way you handled that a couple of years ago. I mean, he's taking me back, not just a week ago. I didn't like how you did that. I want you to grow here. 
I want you to believe in people. I want you to celebrate them. I want you to see it as an honor to be in the middle of their trouble and to help them see me operate with, like operate the way I do with my kids. Because with my kids, it's all in, man. I'll help them. I want to help them get on their feet. And I'm not afraid to tell them you're being a dummy right now. But I want to help them get out. So I felt like the Lord said, that's how I want you to pastor your church. That's how I want you to love the people of God. Love will do this too. It'll bear all things. It will believe all things. Listen, believe well of all people. This one's tough. Gossip will kill you. Slander will kill you. Because not only does it pollute you, but it pollutes whoever you speak it to. And it degrades and dishonors the person it's about. Love will believe all things. Love will stay in hope. It'll hope all things. Love will endure all things. See, how did you do on the measurement of love? You can keep that up there. I'm going to keep going. How'd you do? I think I was about 50%. I don't know. I'm like, okay, Jesus, you got to help me. I got to grow. Not condemn. Don't go to condemning. That's not, God never puts stuff like this in front of us so that we can walk out going, I could never do that. It's that you walk out going, in myself, I can't do that, God. But in you, I can. In you, I can. Love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. You never go wrong if you love somebody. But if they're gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. And if there's tongues, they'll cease. And if there's knowledge, thanks, it's behind the camera. I can't see it. It'll, it'll be done away with. And he says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. I'll come back to that later. Keep going. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. Leave that up. Now, now some people think that, that that means that when Jesus came, we don't need all of these gifts anymore. I'm going to show you in a second that that's an illogical thought. Now let's keep going. He says, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child and, and think like a child and reason like a child. But then when I became a man, I put away childish things. For we know, for we now see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face speaking with God. Now I know in part, but then I know fully just as I am fully known. God knows you. He knows what he deposited in you. He knows what he gave you. knows how you want to move in it, how he wants to move through you in it. He wants you to be a blessing. Let's keep going. He says, now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest is what? So listen, if you're going to do any spiritual life, you've got to get this, that love is the key. Incidentally, that word love there is the word agapeo, which is sacrificial love. It means that you're sacrificing something to love somebody else. So you've got all of these gifts that God wants us to move in. Say, God wants me, come on, to use my gifts to bless other people. I'm your pastor. I release you. Go bless them. Listen, I'm being serious. Whether it's in your workplace, in our church, I want to bless you. Listen, get messy. I don't care if you give a bad word. You're like, you gave me a bad word and it hurt my feelings. I'll sit both of you down and say, let's see if we can help you understand what was really being said. I would rather help you grow than have you be silent. I would rather, listen, the only way I learned how to do this stuff was by often doing it wrong. Can I tell you something? A lot of us think this. Well, prophets, if they're wrong, you're supposed to take them outside and stone them. Okay, in the Old Testament, incidentally, that is true. In the New Testament, this is what Paul is going to say in 14. He says, listen, somebody prophesies. Let two or three prophesy. Let the rest of them judge it. He doesn't then say, and if somebody's wrong, take them outside and stone them to death. 
He says you should assess it according to the word of God. Prophetic ministry is known in part and prophesied in part. Nobody ever giving you anything is 100% accurate. Never. Because they're not God. They're just trying to love you in God's name. Somebody say amen, please. This is really important. Because when you get a bad word, sometimes you'll shut it all down like I want none of that. You should be hungry for it. It says you should go after this. You should earnestly desire it is actually what he says. You should go, 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 fight, hunger, move. But your motivation should always be what? <clears throat> love. Always love. I've given people words before and had them look at me straight in the face and go, that makes absolutely no sense to me. I think you're wrong. And I'm sitting there like, okay, like I know when I hear God. Like, you know, I know I'm not 100%. I know I'm part of probably. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was God. And I just, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just, you know, trying to encourage you to have them come back six months later. Bro, <laughs> you were actually right. I was just embarrassed or whatever. So, so listen, just take the risk. It's okay. Take the risk. It's not a bad thing. Paul goes on now, and I'm only going to do a few verses and give you some takeaways. Verse 1 of chapter 14, he says, pursue love. Do what? Pursue love. That means God, that should be the number one thing. Not the gift, the love. Pursue love, kindness, patience, endurance, believing well of people, love. Pursue love. Yet, watch, earnestly desire spiritual gifts italicized, earnestly desire them. Remember, be zealous for them. How many of you guys, let's be honest, by show of hands, how many of you are zealous for spiritual gifts? How many of you would say this, I really need to grow here? God bless you. Go. <laughs> like, be, listen, and, and let me tell you, when I'm saying zealous, this is what it looks like. God, what gifts do you have for me, and who do you want me to encourage today? I make that, that's, that's a simple morning prayer. Who do you want me to encourage today, God? Who do you want me? And I promise you, you do that. You'll be in there getting Starbucks or whatever, coffee on the way to work, and you'll be like, you'll look at me and be like, hey, how's your day? And somebody, oh, well, yeah, I just found out that my mom's sick. Hey, so what's your mom's name? Gertrude, okay. I'm going to be praying for her. I'll check in with you in a few days. I do simple stuff like that all the time. All the time. I'll go through the grocery store and the, the checker's nice. I'll be like, oh, what's your name? Oh, it's Ramona. Hey. So, so Ramona, when I think of you next, how can I pray for you? I've never had somebody say, don't pray for me. Never. Well, my health or my mom or living or need a little more money. Okay, I got you. I'll be praying for you. I don't make it all like, thus saith the Lord, you need G. I just, normal, everyday life, encouragements to be a blessing to somebody. Just take the risk, man. You'd be surprised how many people will cross your path that God will orchestrate. So, so Paul says this, earnestly desire those things. And then he says, but especially that you would prophesy. So I want to bring you back to this idea that everything ceased at the church age. So a lot of, a lot of Christians believe that those gifts are not necessary today. Paul says, here's the gifts. Here's the way to use the gifts in love. And then he says, oh, but I want you all to use the gifts. So if they ceased just five or six verses earlier, why is Paul saying, I want you all to prophesy if the gifts don't exist anymore? Well, it's still the first century, Pastor. But I'm pretty sure God knew we would read this 2,000 years later. Just pretty sure of that. I, I don't see any evidence biblically that these gifts are unnecessary. I don't see that. 
And so I just encourage you, don't shut down how God might want to charisma, move grace through your life to be a blessing to somebody else or, or allow somebody else to be that blessing to you. Super powerful. He says, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands but his spirit speaks mystery, but the one who prophesies speaks to men, watch, for their edification, their exhortation, and their consolation. So when gifts are moving, particularly the gift of prophecy, we should always be looking for this, edification. What does that mean? Guys, ever heard the word edifice? Like that building is a gigantic edifice. It's a big building. It means to build people up. So spiritual gifts are designed to build you up, particularly prophecy. So when you get a word, did it encourage you? Did it lift you up? Did it point you toward God? It will also do this. It'll exhort you. What does exhortation mean? Because that's not a word. How many of you guys use the word exhortation? I exhort you to be at work on time. You know, no one uses that word. That's not even a modern English word. It, it would be to draw near, to call somebody near. It, it literally means this, to put them in check. You're like, but I don't like it when people put me in check because I'm my own man or I'm my own woman. You know what? We all need to be put in check. Somebody please say amen. amen. Man, you need other people in your life saying, hey, you were kind of dumb earlier today. I need that because sometimes I'm dumb earlier in the day. I don't know. Sometimes I need my wife to say, you were kind of rude to Bella. Sometimes I need Henry to say, hey, you might want to clean that up with Celeste. You were kind of hard. I mean, hey, listen, we're all human. I want you to think I walk on water. I'm a jerk sometimes, and I don't ever try to be, but I am. I'm a human being just like you, and I have bad days and bad reports and tough stuff just like you. And I'm not, but listen, when you blow it, you need somebody in your world to say, that wasn't okay. And listen, listen, you shouldn't be threatened by that. You should appreciate that someone's saying, that didn't represent Jesus very well. That's really what's being said. So it's to build you up, it's to line you up, and listen, it's to comfort you. The last one is to bring a sense of God's peace, consolation. When you console somebody, you hug them. When you lose the big game, you get a consolation prize. <laughs> it's to bring you comfort. So watch. Let's just walk through some thoughts, just a few thoughts about, so what do you do with a weekend like last weekend, or what do you do with your own journey? Maybe you weren't here last weekend. Maybe you weren't part of the, the move of the Spirit or the exciting worship or Dennis' preaching or his ministry. It was a really great time. But for those of you who weren't in the room, just some takeaways. All of what we're talking about is driven by the character of God. God loves us. But like when all the times you see in Scripture, you see, you know, Jehovah Jireh, my pride, Jehovah Nisi, my, my righteousness, whatever it might be, often those were people saying what they felt God was doing for them. But when Moses says to God, who are you? And, and God hides him in the cleft of the rock, Exodus 34, 6, he says, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate gracious, slow to anger, full of loving kindness and truth. Who is your God? He's crazy about you. So this all, all of this stuff moves out of this idea that God is a God of loving kindness. See, prophetic ministry will do this. It'll bring you to repentance. Now, now please understand when I say repentance, I don't mean that you're sinning. You could just be going this way and God wants you to go that way, which is literally what repentance means. Repentance means to do a 180. Like sometimes we think, oh man, repent for the, you know, that sounds so like hard. No, it just means you were going this way and that way may not have had any sin or evil in it at all. 
But God was saying, but I really want you to go over there. So prophetic ministry sometimes will give you direction. So listen, you can repent. Now I want to say something else, and this is going to be strong. So put your big boy and girl pants on right now, okay? I'm not trying to offend anybody. Some of you got words that were words of encouragement. They were powerful, but you're living in sin. Listen, the word is God's desire, his vision, his possibility for you. Correct the sin or you won't realize the blessing. I can't say that strongly. So often I go like, I have people tell me, well, he told me, and I'm like, yeah, but, but you're living with your girl. You need to change that. You're doing drugs and you're drinking. You need to change that. You're, you're cheating people with money. You need to change that. Like God's given you his desire for his goodness in your life. But if sin is in the camp, you need to do what? You need to change it. So that's really important because the, the prophetic words are designed to launch you. But God can't bless sin. He'll, he'll keep his hand off until you, you bow your heart and align with him. You know, most prophetic words, they're rarely corrective. They're not often corrective. I've, very, I've been very few places where prophetic words were corrective. A lot of times it's God speaking his desire, the possibility. And it's super important that we respond with a humble heart. See, God has promised his part, and he wants us to partner with our part. So listen, that guy could have given me the prophetic word about being a scribe and a teacher, and I could have been like, great, someday I'm going to be a scribe and a teacher. I left my job and I went to Bible college. I had a good job. <laughs> I had making a lot of money, and I went to school and I got educated, and I started serving people. Sometimes to realize the call of God will take bold steps. Now, I don't know that that's true of any of you sitting in the room, so please don't hear me saying, like, I'm just telling you that it will take faith and steps to do what God has asked you to do. Okay, let me, let me go fast because uh, it's 12 o'clock right now. not going to go so fast that you don't get it, though. Okay, so do, do all of you want to realize God's direction for your life? I, I think you're sitting in church today because we're here for that reason. I want to know what God's up to in my world, and then I want to walk in it. Listen, if you're going to do that, I'm going to suggest something to you. If you want the fullness of God, it will always cost you something. And please don't hear that as scary because God will, will take one thing and give you another. It's not like he strips. It's like he wants you to offer. You guys remember David? King David, he, the, he needed to make sacrifices and to make those sacrifices to lift the pestilence off the people. People are getting sick and he's like, I need to sacrifice the Lord because the Lord will lift it. And the, the wicked king that he was allied with, but he wasn't a, a believer, he says, oh, you can just have the land. And David says to him, no way. He says, the king of Arana, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Watch, this is David's heart. For I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, which costs me nothing. Listen, you want to do something big for God? It will cost you something. It always costs you something. Maybe it costs you position. Maybe it costs you money. But you've got to offer to God. I do know this about God. He will always give back to you whatever you offer to him. Listen, I'm not talking dollar for dollar because that's usually where I'll go like, I'm not going to have any money. That's how most people think if they're called to ministry. But it's not often dollar for dollar. It's reward for reward. It's position for position. It's, it's God positioning you to have a voice with people and shake, shift their lives and, and help them see who he is and what he's trying to do in them. This makes sense. I, like, I'm trying to release you into something bigger than you. 
I, I, please, I hope you hear my heart that that is really where this is coming from. So listen, you got words? Pray into them. Anybody who got a word, you pray. That's the number one thing you do. You pray. You stop, you pray. Some people go, oh, I'm going to leave my job and go to Africa. There's timing to all this stuff. You want to pause and pray. God, what are you saying? Prophets, they always know in part. They always prophesy in part. God will ultimately speak to you directly. He'll confirm what he's doing in you. Prophets confirm what God has already said, and they present a future possibility of what God wants to do in you. But it doesn't matter which way, God will talk to you. Somebody say, God wants to talk to me. I don't need another man. Watch, watch. But I like it when he uses them. I do. I do. But I want it from him. That needs to be your heart. Because he does want to talk to us, and he does talk to us. I can tell you, man, I've quieted my heart a lot over the last few weeks, and he's just very clear, very clear. So that, that's one way, just quiet, direct, dial in, um, seek confirmation. Listen, take risks. You're like, take risks. Yeah, be risky. If you want to walk in the fullness of God, it will be risky. It's not always easy. God will open this door and then open that door, and it'll be a piece of cake. No, it won't. No, it won't. If you want to do something great for God, it will challenge your faith at a deep level. Deep level. And I want to encourage you, step out. God will meet you in the point of faith. He always does. Stay humble. Listen, take notes quick. Stay humble. God resists the proud. Especially if you experience some level of success, stay humble. Because you'll think it's all about you. I know that from experience. And God is really good at humbling us if we don't stay humble. Read the scriptures. Man, these are all just, again, they're anecdotal. I'm just throwing you, like, these are things that I do when I'm in situations, and I'm encouraging you with the same. Read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Get in the Word. Read the scriptures. Sometimes I talk to people. I say, I don't ever read my Bible. Read your Bible. Sit with it. Meditate on it. Get, get it in your heart. Get it in your head. That's how God speaks to us most readily. That's how he speaks to us. He'll keep us in perfect peace when our heart is fixed on him. When you fix yourself in the scriptures, that, would, that is what happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, community. You need community. You need a church. And most all of you here are in this church. You belong to this church, and I love you to pieces. If you're listening online, you're outside, whatever, you need a What? You need community, and people think, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You're right, you'll still go to heaven, but you'll never grow. You need a place where you're accountable, where you serve and get served, where you grow together. You receive and you both give to this body of Christ that he's plugged you in. And Jesus says that he adds to each body as he sees fit. So you are needed part. You are a needed part in whatever body you're supposed to be in. If it's this one, be in it. If you're online watching, you got another church, get in it. I'm telling you, you need that community piece. How about communion? <clears throat> this ties into the, the fellowship piece. This is communion with people. Koinonia in the Greek, that they broke bread together and they hung out and they went house to house and they did life together. You need to do life with each other. <clears throat> Listen, if this is your only diet of spirituality and you're never connected anywhere else, midweek service, men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, if you're never getting community you're going to struggle to grow. The other thing is communion as the body of Christ. When we're together, we take communion. <clears throat> we don't do it every Sunday. We try to do it at least once a month. 
It's super important that you take communion as a corporate body. Listen, I said this to you a few weeks ago. Take communion alone at home. You're like, but how do I do that? Grab a piece of bread and some juice and go sit on the back porch and talk to Jesus. Just talk to him. You don't need a pastor to officiate communion for you. You don't need that. Okay, so I'll tell you how I used to do it in the early days. It was a cup of coffee and a piece of toast. I used to have coffee with God every single morning. I'm not playing. In fact, I'm so weird, I used to make him a cup. I'm not playing when I, I used to make two cups of coffee. I'd sit one on that side, one on this. I'd grab toast, and I'd sit and I'm like, hey, Jesus, good coffee, isn't it? <laughs> and then I'd finish mine, and I'd drink his because he, he didn't often drink. Kidding. But I am serious. I, I had communion with him. So find your way is what I'm saying. Find your spot and do that. There's something very significant about celebrating that he sacrificed his body and shed his blood for you, and that was so that you could have intimate relationship with him. Communion. Worship. I mean, I can't speak to this. Get in the car, put on worship. Wake up in the morning. We have Alexa. I come downstairs. Hey, Alexa, play Elevation Worship. I love it. I trust in God. My man, Vic, saying that the other night. I was crying in the back. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was full, feeling so loved by God. Just really, really amazing. Listen, worship is a key component to keeping your heart straight, especially if you're in a time of trouble. Like God promises to be enthroned in worship, so when there's worship, he shows up, he's present. He sits as the Lord of your heart. Worship is a key. And then faith is super important. Like walking in future promises always takes faith. Walking, listen, in restoration of lost promises and this, for we live in a sinful world. We've all had things happen where we want God to restore. Amen? Don't we? So listen, I, I want to encourage you. Walking in restoration, it takes faith. And listen, the enemy will distract you. He'll try to steal it from you. Okay, so quick, quick. Just stay tracking with me. Stay tracking. What about healing? Sozo, it restores you spiritually, restores you emotionally, restores you physically. Some healing that you get will be instant. It's instant. I can't believe it still. I, I can show you the MRI. That thing was, was torn. I couldn't do that. So I, I, some of it's instant. Some of it is a process. So some of you got words for healing, and it's not fully done. I want to encourage you, stay praying. Stay praying. You remember when, when Jesus healed the guy, and he goes, I see people like tall trees because it's still bleeding. I heard one guy say, even Jesus had to pray twice. I'm like, you dang knucklehead. It's not what that's about. Sometimes you have to stay seeking what God wants to release. Stay seeking. Some healing, you won't like this one. Some healing is a matter of living in grace. This one is the toughest. See, because this happened to Paul. He speaks of it in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 7, he says this. He says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations... Listen, some of you go, but I'm not like Paul. I didn't get surpassing greatness of revelations. Can I challenge you with something? There's more knowledge of God in this day and age than there's ever been in the history of the world. There's more people writing and putting out information that's good information. I'm not talking about the wackos putting out crazy information. I'm talking about if you are a believer in this day and age, you have surpassing greatness of knowledge available to you. 
Let's go ahead and put that back up. And he says, for this reason. Somebody say, for this reason. To keep me from exalting myself. Watch this. There was given me a thorn in the flesh, a message of Satan to keep me from exalting myself. Man, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. You ever prayed and prayed and prayed? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. God, my body is frail, but you're powerful. God, my doctors are saying there's something in me that I don't accept, but you're powerful. So I'm like somebody said, do we pray for the doctor stuff? I'm like, no, you pray for healing. That's what I want. I want you to pray for healing. God chooses to do it other, I'll go all the way to your grace is sufficient for me. But I want healing. I already told Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, you heal me, I promise I will brag like no one's business. <laughs> Everybody will know. I'll do a podcast, start a new one to just talk about it. I'll do, I'll, like, I'll tell everybody I see. I'll be on social media. I'd go everywhere and tell them this is the God who's faithful healer. He's my God. He wants to be yours. See, we have such a rich thing in front of us, you guys. And I wanted to encourage you with the weekend. Like, the weekend was amazing, awesome. But I want you to take it into your daily life. That's why I did this. I was talking to Henry, and I felt like I said, man, I don't feel like just jumping back into Revelation is what I'm supposed to do. And he said, oh, he goes, I was with Bishop Ulmer one time, and, the, and he did this thing on pastoring the prophetic. I'm like, that's it. That's what we're doing. He goes, man, the guy made a mess. I go, well, Dennis, Dennis didn't make a mess. I'm glad I'm not cleaning up a mess because it was pretty powerful what happened. But I want to take it as an opportunity to say, man, so much available to us, church. If you will step out and put some of these things, just take risks with God, I think you'll be blown away with how much he'll use your life. Okay, so I want to pause right there. I told you guys I would give you a chance for questions. Now, in a setting like this, some of you might be like, I ain't asking it publicly, but as soon as they turn off that camera, I'm going to come talk to you. That's okay, too. But does anybody have a question that they might have around something you received, something you got, something that was curious to you, unrelated? You just have a question about how do I walk in this thing, this spiritual life? If you do, just slip your hand up, and we're going to bring a mic over you ask a question. And if you don't, I got a question up front on my left. Steve, Pastor Russ is coming. No, the camera's not on you, so it's only on my pretty face, not yours. But we do need to hear you, though. So. <laughs> okay. Um, how do you reconcile love is not jealous with God is a jealous God? Oh, that's easy. That's a great question. So for those of you who maybe didn't hear it, how do you reconcile that love is not jealous and God is a jealous God and God's name is love? The way that you reconcile that is God is righteous and he's sinless. So we are incapable of loving without jealousy being polluted. Does that make sense? But when God loves us, his jealousy is for righteousness and perfection. So when God says the name of, of like, there's only three times God calls his name out, and one of them is I, I am, and then, or two times, and jealous. The name of the Lord is jealous. And that's God saying my name is jealous. So when God says my name is jealous, he's not saying, ha, I got gotcha. you. He's saying, I want the best for you so badly that when I'm jealous, it's protective, not destructive. That fair? 
No, he doesn't want us serving anybody else or anything else. Other questions? Hands up. Got one over on, on the left back there, Russ. For those of you online, you just got to hang, and hopefully you hear it, and I'll repeat the question. Um, for those of you in the house, I hope you're suffering this. I know that what may have happened over the weekend may have been uncomfortable for some folks. Yeah. How, do, how do we grow from that? Like, how do we grow from feeling that perhaps awkwardness? Is that really real? Is that, can that really be true? Uh, could that really happen? Like, how, how can we, um, as believers, uh, begin that growth process to begin to have, to work in faith or, or not? So to, uh, to be a little more open to, yeah, um, well, and, okay, so I'll take you a little bit into my own journey and then just talk principally at the same time. So with my own journey, when I experienced, I shared with you guys, I wanted to talk to the guy, like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the earpiece in his ear. Like somebody's telling him my journey and that's how he's knowing all this stuff. That's what, so I was really, really skeptical. And um, one of the ways that I started to, to discover the, the truth of God or the validity of God is I started to look at prophetic words in the scriptures and their fulfillment in the natural. So I looked at the spiritual implications, sometimes hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, and, then, and I started to go, okay, am I going to trust God to be a God who does this prophetic thing or am I always going to be skeptical? So some of it, 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 what I'm saying is, it is your own heart. You've got to check your own heart. Like, if God's word says that I gave this for the common good, and you're saying, I don't think it's good, then is God bad or is there something going on in your own person that you need to wrestle it out? So some of it is giving some space to grow. Some of it is, and this is really important, get alongside leaders who can help you understand what the scriptures say. A lot of times we get private or insecure when we're not fully aware of how to handle something. So one of the things that benefited me, I'm, I'm wired like a weirdo. Say, pastor's a weirdo. Go on. I'm the question. God asks everybody questions. I'm giving you permission to ask the question. Come grab Pastor Russ. Come grab me. Grab one of the elders and say, I don't understand this. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, because one-on-one, like if you said, like if an individual says to me, that made me uncomfortable, I can say this. What about it was uncomfortable? Was it like what he spoke? Was it inaccurate? Or, or was it, how did he know that? It made, like, did you feel too vulnerable? Like, I can dig in. You get what I'm saying? So if I can dig in, I can kind of help you. Like, God knows everything, amen? He knows our thoughts before we think them. So if God knows everything and he's sharing it with somebody else to encourage us, then it's not bad. It's actually good. But in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I can help somebody do that. But if you just get private and afraid, it is much more difficult for us to help you grow in that. And, and then the last thing I'd say is this. I got to the point where I was so tired of being told to be afraid of everything that I went to everything. So what Dennis did on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I've seen weird stuff. Somebody say weird, like really weird, like really weird. I've seen weird stuff where you walk out of the room going, I'm not sure if that was Jesus. I'm just not sure. That was pretty weird. But I exposed myself to stuff, but I did that because I knew that I was going to be a leader who would try to lead a church, because God told me this early on. You're going to lead a church that's naturally supernatural. It'll be weird enough to be uncomfortable, but not so weird that everybody's going like, what the heck was that? But I've seen barking and snake movement. I've seen all kinds of weird stuff. But I, biggest encouragement is get with us.
don't be afraid to ask the question. That'd be my biggest encouragement. That that safe? That, did I answer the question? Did I answer the question the way you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like kind of. <laughs> um, anybody else? Question. Got one over here on the on the right. Right. <laughs> Russ is doing his power walk. <laughs> it's actually a little funny. <laughs> Uh, so the scripture says to eagerly desire the greater gifts and to pursue them. Yes. What do you consider the greater gifts and how ought we pursue them? Um, greater gifts are regarded as the power gifts, so miracles, faith, healing, prophecy. Um, I think that's word of knowledge and word of wisdom would fall into those. But the first ones are definitely more, much more dynamic or demonstrative. Um, so those are the power gifts. And the second part was, how would I pursue those? Um, how would you recommend how, um, That's a good question. I, I think that the number one way that you, I think, pursue any gift is you ask. I think it's I, it like, I know that that sounds kind of elementary, but Jesus did say, you know, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock the door. Like, there is a part of it that you've got to want what God wants. So you've got to desire it. You've got to ask for it and seek it. Um, like, I'm going to tell on myself, so what I'm about to say is negative for me, and, and we've talked about this a number of times in staff meeting, and Celeste is always encouraging me, like, Pastor, you have a prophetic gift, but you don't operate in it very often here. Like, very rarely. If you go with me, when I travel, I'll operate in it a lot more. Like, a lot of times, for instance, when Dennis is prophesying, I'm hearing the same thing he's hearing. Like, mine's not as tuned as his. I don't want you guys to be like, oh, pastor, going to start. No, I, I always kind of take the posture like I'm the pastor here. Um, but I, if I'm honest, I felt a little bit checked. Like, sometimes you need to step outside of the pastor hat and speak into people and encourage them. And I do it sometimes in smaller settings, but very rarely will I do it in, a, in like a Sunday service. Um, but I, I probably need to be less timid with it. Because I do know this, that as you step into it, this would be the second thing. So ask and then take the risk as you step into it. A lot of times God will give you what it is when you start to do it. The other part of it is be accountable. This is really important. Like many of you have had Gary give you an encouragement. Gary is a very prophetic guy. And when Gary said, hey, is it okay if I share, if I get an encouragement with people? And I said, sure. I said, but as long as you're accountable. He goes, what does that mean? I said, it if somebody complains, I get to talk to you. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, oh, fair enough, because that's my job as the pastor. Like, hey, if it's, that's the test the words. That's what you do. So sometimes if, if somebody is a little bit off, I, like I've had people give prophetic words that were off, and I'll correct them publicly, but they don't know that I'm doing it. I add the balance to it. I, you know, somebody else said, like, I'll give an example, and then, and then I'm going to ask again if I answered your question. But one time somebody gave a word, and it was glorious. It was like, you know, God is in the mix. And, and then it got really edgy. But if you don't, and if you don't, and if you don't, and, and as soon as they did it, I was like, oh, I don't think that's the Lord anymore. I think that's their own, their own lens, their own lens. And when I, when I heard it, I, I just was like, okay. So I flipped my mic on. I didn't come up and go, this part was good, and that part was bad. I just came up, and I, I flipped my mic on, and I said, you know, it's glorious that God loves us that much. But do we all understand that walking in righteousness is a key to walking in fullness? I just said what they said just way nicer. Because there is some truth that you've got to respond to God. You can't just walk all crazy and expect him to be okay. There's both. Um, 
But now, now I'll ask, did I, did I answer oh, sufficiently? Yeah. Any other questions? No, OK, well, we got three or four. Oh, we got Well, We do have one. We do. I thought, darn, I thought I was going to get to pray. And who, who's, who else got the question? No? You playing? Hen, Henry's mad. Who? who, who I, so we're done. We done? OK, we're done. Let me, so, okay, so let, let me wrap all this up now. God is good. God, he's good. God is a spirit, and he made us spiritual beings, and he wants us to operate in those moves of grace. Whether they're like behind-the-scene move of grace, like administration. Some of you are administrative. You don't think that's a spiritual gift. It's listed in chapter 12 of Corinthians as a spiritual gift. All of what God deposits in you to bless the house of God and the people of God and the people in your life, they're all moves of grace. He wants us to be spiritual beings and move in grace. Take risks. God will meet you. He'll meet you. I've never had a time where I didn't learn from it or just be shocked at how powerfully he showed up. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I am truly grateful for this house, truly grateful for the lives that you've um, placed together in this body of Christ. Lord, I pray that this season, moving forward this year, would be a year of new beginnings, that it would be a, a year of just newness, fresh lenses, fresh ideas, fresh risks, fresh gifting. God, we want to trust you as we grow with you, and we want to move in grace. So God, we together as a church, are, we're asking, God, give us more. Give us more. Release us in spiritual gifts. Release us in understanding how to be a blessing to others with them. And God, most importantly, make us a light to people around us. So many people lost. So many people that are, you know, just going to hell. And we don't want them to. And I'm pretty sure they don't want to either if they knew what it was about. So help us to be light and darkness and, and love where there isn't any. And to just be gracious representatives of Jesus the Christ. Guys, as we go today, keep your hand on us and continue to help us to grow into the fullness of Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.